Hey everybody, welcome to Endure, the Athlete Story. I'm your host, Emmett Mullen. This podcast is brought to you by EJX2 Coaching. I'm a triathlon coach with a background in sports science. And I also provide lactate testing for anyone based in the northwest of Ireland. So you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at EJX2 Coaching. And if you want to get in touch or just send a message, please feel free. On today's show, we have Colin Doherty. He's an elite Irish ITU triathlete. He has a bronze medal at the Junior World Championships in Auckland 2012. He's a multiple Irish champion in sprint and Olympic distance triathlons. And in this episode, Con talks to us about his rise as a junior through to senior, uh, a backyard Ironman, really, world record challenge that he'd done with his brothers, um, Super League triathlon racing, the Olympics, and how he hopes to be there in Paris 2024, how he ran barefoot in a race once, and he tells about his artistic side and shoe design. So let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy the show, and thank you for listening. So, Con, welcome to the Endure podcast. Thanks very much for coming on and giving us your time. Glad to be here. Pleasure. Thank you. <coughs> Come, firstly, I just want to go back to the start, basically, how you got into triathlon, how you got into, or what sport was it first that sort of got you going? Uh, uh, well, in triathlon, it would have been um, swimming, believe it or not, even though that's the weakest of the, of the three, but... Um, swimming um i would have done a lot of sports as a kid and really would have tried we me and my brother were just saying this like we would have tried so many sports when we were children and then i did <clears throat> i did swimming sort of the most consistently just it was i don't know was this maybe my friends were there or hmm. i really don't know i just that was the one that kind of stuck and then uh i took up i did well in cross country or I got on the cross country. I wouldn't say I did well, but I got on the cross country team. I think I was the last last person to get onto the team in the primary school um, uh, cross country team to go on and do maybe the regionals and <clears throat> which I mean is the lowest level that you know to start. Yeah. And I I wasn't really I wasn't good at it. I was yeah. just middle of the field and um, then got into that and then eventually I found out about Ironman. And I was sort of inspired by that. I, still, I don't really want to do Ironman now, but, uh, but it, I, that was what yeah. inspired me initially. And then uh, I bought a bike with like confirmation money, got into cycling, and then yeah, one leg thing led to another, and yeah, stayed stayed with that. So was it always like endurance sports, like swimming, cycling, run? Did you play any team sports? GA? Yeah, or soccer? yeah, I would have. Um, I wasn't a big fan of GA. I was, I, I did play GA. Um, rugby would have been probably the main one. Um, tried boxing, karate, horse riding, uh, Every, everything, <laughs> anything, anything. Like, cause I was just, I was a bit like, to be honest, like, 
as a kid, I would have been, once I got interested in something, I wouldn't leave my parents alone to not let me try it, you know? So and yeah, they were, yeah. God, God bless, they were very accommodating. Like, and um, so I just, I just I literally process of elimination sort of figured out this, what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot to be gained as well. Doing team sports when you're young, you know, you yeah. shouldn't, really focus on and, and there's and the same thing for the individual stuff you know if you're, yeah if you're, i think if you're focused on a team sport it's good to do something by yourself as well so yeah. i would have done a lot and yeah just eventually found my way into traveling yeah you, you mentioned your brother there is it iron or you've there's three of you that compete in sport is that right like in traveling yeah, so yeah so there's four four of us but three of us would be um yeah involved in sport <clears throat> iron we live down here in Limerick, the two of us, and then home is Bucket back in uh, Westport. Um, and then the other, Ethan is the other one that does triathlon. He's um, he's just turned fifteen, so um, yeah, the three Good of stuff. us. So we we'll get we'll get to that in a moment. We've done a bit of a <coughs> lockdown challenge, the three of you, over the last oh, yeah. summer. So we'll talk about that yeah. in a moment. But just in terms of your brothers, like. Obviously, Ethan is a few years younger than you, but is Aaron closer in age to you in terms of growing up and competing against you? Or was that a thing within the family? Like, we competing yeah, a lot? Would, I mean, you, we wouldn't. Like, so Aaron would be five years younger than me. All right. Um, so he's still quite a bit younger, but when we, so we wouldn't have necessarily competed that often um, other than in maybe cycling, where it was a bit yeah. more open. Um, um, but in... I mean, we'd have trained together and you would have, you know, sort of been racing and training and yeah. um, you'd have always had competition among, and Ethan, even now, Ethan, um, he's sort of now at the level, once you get to around 15, 16, you start to become, I mean, you're, you, there's rapid development, like, yeah. and even in my own, the, the three of us would experience that. So as soon as Aaron hit 15 and Ethan's now 15, that was when we were sort of able to train together and, um, I started worrying about them being closer to me. Yeah, closer, <laughs> so they were they were chasing you. Yeah. Suppose you were inspiring yeah, them. Yeah. Like I, they followed. Did they follow what you were doing, sort of thing? Or I, they no, about, I can't speak in their yeah. their behalf. Like, um, I think so. Yeah, I think it was a large part. Um, I think I was as myself. I was. Ex- I would say very, very, very driven when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and sort of, I think when you have any individual that's, that, yeah, is very motivated to do something. If you're, if there's people around you, even if it's your friends, there's, they're likely to be more motivated to stay in it or, yeah. Um, yeah so. Yeah. Cause like triathlon, especially, are you what age are you now con are you 20 25 25 so like yeah. you're talking what age when you got into it maybe over 10 years ago anyway uh, yeah i was probably i think i was 2009 i think that yeah. was when i that's when i was doing the three of them at the same time I yeah think. and like then it wouldn't have been like a massive sport <laughs> definitely not for that age group either not at all so, no. like where did you find what what was the next step then of getting in the club or doing your first race or where did you get that? No, um okay. Well 
I was doing, I was, do, I was in each of the individual clubs. So there was, okay. again, I mean, environment's a huge thing that plays a part. Um, there was a competitive cycling team um, and there was a lot of like the, there was junior cyclists that were at national podium level. level. <clears throat> then in, sw- in swimming, I was trained with Castlebar Swim Club and like I would have been training with Nicholas Quinn, who's an Olympian now for breaststroke. Um, yeah. And then in the running side, we had the same thing. Like we had, there's a guy, David Harper, he was <clears throat> one of the most dominant um, runners in the country and one of my best friends. So like everything, like was, there was a lot of circumstances that kind of came together. And then yeah. because I was so motivated in each of the, the clubs, it was pretty much like you're always playing catch up to the guys are the best in each of the individual things. Yeah. You know, when you put it together, um, it sort of works out. I do have a lot of get into it, but I'm not, I'm not. But you know, triathlon clubs for kids, they're great, but I think mm-hmm. they are quite limited sometimes. Just with the for for an elite level, um, like compared to what I think when I was doing when I was younger, I don't know if it was necessarily the healthiest approach, but just because you were trying to pursue elite level in each, each of the individual sports. Um, I would imagine in a junior triathlon club, you're not being pushed to that level just because <clears throat> you don't have the best guy of each. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So um, there was no triathlon club and it wasn't actually till um, there was a guy, Sebastian Nocto. Do you know, have you heard of him? No. Yeah, Sebastian. So he was um, a French guy. He, I can't even remember what his whole background was, but he, um, very well-organized fella. And he, he, before I moved over to Castlebar Swim Club, um, he took over the Westport side, uh, this Westport Swim Club. And he set up, I was, was kind of eager to get involved in, in high-performance triathlon at the time. And he said, <clears throat> it was an opportunity anyways to set up a club. Mm-hmm. And a club was set up and um yeah that's a club we have now in westport um that came from that time but um i wouldn't have said that i was particularly involved in it um it was more sort of the individual clubs yeah so then i presume you start doing triathlon races or finding triathlon races where you could or what were you too young did you have that problem of trying to get yeah well i remember I don't know if this is actually rule, but I think you have to be 16 to be allowed to do, I think, a half or a sprint distance, rather. Yeah. yeah um, I, think so. I think that is, that's the rule. Yeah. So when, when I started, I was only 14. So it was more, I was competing in each of the individual events and there was no triathlon races in the country for juniors. Mm. You know, there was, <clears throat> I think the year I started, there was the national champs and, um, that was it and in the country there was less than 100 juniors registered now we have i think we have I th- last i think last year there was three or the year before last there was three thousand yeah uh, juniors registered which is great um, but obviously the, for oh absolutely future. yeah yeah but from the pool that we had back then this was sort of like from that pool of 100 10 of those athletes, I mean, 10% of the pool of Ireland that was re- re- like competitive in triathlon 
<clears throat> was on the Irish team. And um, most of those athletes are now the athletes. Like, so there was myself, Russell, yeah. um, Chris Mintern, who else is around now? Masharki, um, Aaron O'Brien. They were the they were they were the people from back then, and they progressed the whole way up. Yeah. Um. So that was how do we start racing then? Um, it would have been the national champs. We would have gone gone abroad to the UK. So they had the Super Series at the time that was quite big, and that was sort of an intermediate platform between that and the European Series. Yeah. And it was sort of the only it was the only junior race that you could get, and it was extremely good. Like it yeah. was, um, even you got the elites. It used to be televised, and you'd get the best elites in the country. Like at the time, you know, it would have been, um, what's his name? Uh, not Jan Ferdino, Will Clark, and yeah. um, yeah, Stuart Hayes, and those guys mm. racing in this. You know, the same guys that have been racing the World Series, and then it filtered down the junior junior races were just as intense for the level so we'd have gone over there and we'd have raced and we'd have came back and we realized like we i think we got our asses handed to us the first race and we came back and the next race we went back was the seat or the national champs and you know you went back you did a few months racing i remember i went back and i won their national champs they're, they're the, British, the British national, national champs. champs. Yeah, yeah, and they just know what to do because they we were like sort it. of invited, and they couldn't. Well, they couldn't give us. You know, they couldn't put you on the podium because they didn't. Well, they didn't expect that there'd be a we do well. <laughs> um, but that was the shock we needed. You know, like that yeah. was the, and I would say I, I probably had, yeah, it that was the shock that we need, um, and it was the exposure we needed before them to race in the European circus um, and sort of it, 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 it prepared us for that yeah um, yeah so good stuff so that was the kind of that was that was the trajectory yeah so it was like straight under the deep end of draft legal elite junior elite racing big. rather than the try out your local <laughs> your local leisure center race well that's or... well we we did there was a few races so that guy said the guy that was the coach yeah. in Westport, because he, he was he was my coach for a very for a brief period of time, and he uh, he sort of allowed me to race. Do you know what I mean? He kind of just mm. he kind of yeah, just, uh, just turned a blind eye towards it. And and that was how yeah yeah, and that's how I kind of got to race and get a bit of exposure. But other than that, there was maybe before we did those British races in the two years. Um. I think maybe did three races, you know mm. what I mean? Like it didn't really do that much, but then the races were, um, I would say that exposure overseas was, that was really key to, to, yeah, to, yeah, open your eyes and see what you need to do. And then you progressed, progressed onto like the world junior stage. Yeah. You had a third place in Auckland, 2012, was it? Yeah. So yeah. W- would that have been like your first, obviously it's massive it was world championships was that your first breakthrough or were you did you have an idea going into that that you had a good shot or yeah well I, again i was i was really young for that race compared yeah. to i think we, we look back at the i was the youngest ever podium athlete in males 
in the re- records that we could go through. And I remember going to that race. I was a wild card because I got the last spot. I think I was a wild card. We didn't qualify a spot for the country, but because we were sort of a developing country in the sport, yeah. um, it gave us a spot. And I got the wild card. And um, that season was quite, yeah, it was breakthrough. I mean, I would have developed a lot as, like physically, you yeah. know, um, I just turned 17. And um, the, the few months leading into that were just the most, I would say, the most intense I've ever trained in my life. I mean, even looking back on it now, I don't think I could put myself in the same. I don't think age. I could, you know, like at that. And no, I, yeah, at that age. But like, I remember the pain and what I was able to subject myself to. <laughs> I couldn't do that now. I just what I was doing day in, day out. I couldn't do that now. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be able to do it to myself. Um. Now, psychologically, I have an inkling as to why I was capable of doing it at the time, but that that really prepared me for that. And I remember yeah. going over to the, the World Champs. I had no, I mean, I would have done well in the European series races, um, would have got some top tens, um, but, you know, wouldn't have, there would have been no reason to put, 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 um, to bet on me to do well. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I had done, I had executed everything perfectly. It was probably the least nervous I've been for. I remember I walked up to the start line. I was excited, and it was sort of like just waiting for things to unfold. And it was a, uh, it was a case of like being the most prepared you could be. Mm. There's no doubt, you know what I mean. And then it was just execution, and it just, I mean, it was magical, really, because when you put in that level of work, it just shows what you can achieve. Did so. you surprise yourself with it? Although you were confident because of the training you done, but were you surprised <laughs> at like initially I was super disappointed that I didn't. didn't when I crossed the line, that I didn't because I didn't win, and I just thought, oh, for fuck's sake, like I could have, you know, it was so close, and if I had maybe played my character, I don't. I in hindsight, I couldn't have done any better. Yeah. But um, that that initially was that was my feeling, um, and that was just because you know I was comparing myself against what I could do. Then obviously, as soon as it was over, it was like, hold on a sec, this is a world champ. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, I was pretty happy with that. And then, yeah, that was yeah. that was that. Because I remember watching it at the time. I was just, I was just getting on the triathlon, so it was like super exciting time for me. And then like seeing an Irish person around the same age. At a world junior getting a medal, it's like, well, that's class. And obviously, then you just like continued on in your elite career. But like, there were some like names in that race, wasn't there? There like, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it progressed as as well as I would have hoped. Well, you, you um, continued in like you've got a lot of elite starts and a lot of you got a lot of and and yeah, and some yes, because it was didn't drop off completely. Well, yeah, yeah, but the names in that race were. There's some, oh yeah, big. Like, yeah, I think there was Bloom, Connex, Bloomfield, Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah, 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 Bloomy and uh, Vian. Uh, there was, yeah, there was that that generation. I mean, that's like the generation you see now that are yeah, they're, they're really kicking come, ass. You have all come through, From that. come through, and still all very young. Like, obviously, within the sport, yeah. but it just seems to get younger and younger. The like the the, age. the quality of athletes are even younger now yeah. even though it was kind of 
considered an endurance sport the older you get the better which is still true as well when you see Jan Ferdinand at Miami last night did you watch that there I well I just seen the result now I didn't I didn't watch it but um yeah, like, I seen the result he's still he's I think still. it is it is an endurance sport but I mean I think what you're seeing is probably that generation was the first generation other than maybe the brownies yeah. who were triathletes from the start yeah. you know a lot of a lot of athletes before that even the likes of Gavin Noble, our own, like our own athletes, Gavin yeah. Noble, Aideen, um, Brian Keane, they would have been transition athletes. You know, they yeah. came from other sports. Yeah. They had done it. And then they sort of, when they were in their late teens or 20s, they started yeah. an elite career. Whereas, you know, the Brownies, they were, they were serious. Now, they're probably a bit more serious about the running, but they were serious about traveling from the very start. I think this is the first generation that you're seeing now come through that are, you know, with Blumenfeld, um, yeah. Gustav Eden, um, Hayden Wild. These are the guys that have done it since they were since they were young. since they were yeah, yeah since they were young. Because um, I there's a few like young athletes I coach and like twenty years old or whatever, and they're like, ah, oh, like them elites are twenty one, twenty two, and they're one and already, and I'm just like. But they haven't been doing it for one or two years. They've been doing it for like twelve years, thirteen Tops, years. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. not so much the age; it's more the years behind you and the years built up of just enjoying it and continuing the sport. Um, yeah, it's like just hanging around long enough to realize how good you can get, basically. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a big part of it. I do think there's probably. I mean, I don't that. There's not as many juniors coming up. So now you've got, there's a lot of 24, 25-year-olds. Yeah. He is another guy. He's, what, 21, 20, 22 or 23. Um, there's still sort of that same age bracket other than um, Vonsland and um, Brownlee. And yeah. yeah, the sort of guys. But I don't know. I don't see... Now, obviously, I'm not I'm not exposed to the, to the guys coming up. You know, you get the other, you get the odd guy who's super good. He comes in, but there's I don't know if there's the same batch. You know, the mm-hmm. quantity that's coming in that there was. Um, we we'll, uh, we we'll only see that in a few years, but um, I think it takes the guys that are at the top are savages. Mm. Like you know, like to be. To be the best in the sport, I mean, you gotta fucking be yeah. committed, like beyond beyond. It's insanity, really. And yeah. I mean, like I've just said openly, like um, when I was a kid, I don't think I could, could do what I was doing. I just, I mean, there's a uh, there's a threshold, but you know, the environment that we came out of a recession, say at the time there was a global recession. I think there was a lot of pressure, and I think even for myself. You know, sport was an avenue to get out. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that that had quite a quite an effect on the athletes that are coming through, even in cycling. You know, there's yeah. there was there's there's you're seeing a lot of athletes at the same age that are really going for it and at the top. And I wonder the past few years have been a bit more comfortable. Um, will that have an effect on the level of athletes that We'll just have for maybe the next five years because even in Ireland, like I don't see any stand. I, I I hate to say it, like, but I don't yeah. see any standout Irish athlete in triathlon. Well, that's there's, what I wanted to touch on. We obviously you've come through that whole like, yeah. 
that pathway basically from years ago from 15 16 years old right up through and now as you say there's a lot there's a lot more it's like 3,000 juniors registered or whatever and there's a lot more yeah. junior racing and it's great mm-hmm. but what do you think needs to happen for for the next two three four five juniors to progress through the elite and beyond the world stage and I think it's a reality check. I don't think we get enough reality. There's a lot. This is just my opinion. So I don't, if there's anybody watching this, don't hate on me. I'm telling you what I can see and what I've just experienced. And that's it. We have have a pool that's literally 3,000% more than what we have. You know, yeah, yeah, 3,000% more than what we have. So, I mean, you have a bigger pool of athletes. Yes, the quality is lower and it is lower. So, I feel like the circumstances, I mean, when, well, at the time when what was set up, we had a small group, very elite athletes that were sort of, we were put in a competitive environment. We had a high performance director at the time that was, his name was Chris Jones and he kind of, he set up um, the junior uh, program mm-hmm. and made it, it was a very clear development pathway. And from there i mean we knew each other in the country and what you know we'd meet up we'd have a training camp and we'd be competitive like we were friends but we were competitive yeah and then we'd go back to training and we'd want to be the best you know so that when we came back yeah when we met each other we want to kick each other's asses yeah and then when we went abroad we were getting that so that competitiveness um that we were fed whether it's healthy or not, that that was a huge factor. Yeah, I think nowadays kids are more involved, which is important. I don't know if it's facilitating the athletes that are the most talented and that have, I would say, the character that if it's if it's nurtured for could I I I don't see why we couldn't nurture a world champion. Yeah, like without a doubt. I mean. Triathlon is a sport where it's it's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have in this country what a kids, what how much you can invest in a kid um, compared to maybe you know Spain, Italy, France. Even there's more there's there's more resources. It from what I can see, like there's yeah. more that you can give to a kid. So <clears throat> I think everything's set up for success in the sport. Um, there's benefits as well to having when you have a small organization, you can force us, you can you can focus more resources on a smaller population. Yeah. You know, over in Britain, it's it's a boxing match between like you're fighting for funding. You're it's it's. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, yeah. I we, you know, and that's that can be unhealthy as well for um, coming through. Um, so there 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 is there is a lot of benefits to what we have in Ireland, but I think if we want to see success we have to be pushing we have to not pushing but we need to be allowing kids to see the reality if they if they want to become yeah. the best in the world they have to realize what they need to do um and get a reality check because i'm not involved enough but i just feel like that's not that's not happening yeah um you need to be running at 95 percent of what the best guy in the country is running by the age of 18 
and you need to be the same level for swimming and cycling. And if you're not, well, if you're not, you're not. I mean, that's yeah. fine. It doesn't matter. But I mean, to, for the, the athlete needs to know and there needs to be that transparency because um, I just think that there's, there's an overemphasis now put on participation. Participation, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't want to come across as being like this no. little asshole that's telling what to do, but like, yeah. that's the reality of it. If you, if you yeah. want to be, if you want to be better, we have to be more competitive. Well, I get it. what you're saying. Cause it's a, it could come full circle. Like in a 10 years time, if there's nobody to cheer for, if there's nobody at that elite level then participation could fall. So you need, there needs to be that balance. I think yeah. as well of, of obviously pushing the participation, which, is happening and but also nurturing the elites and as you say that reality check of on young athletes coming through what it actually is going to take and what mm-hmm. what it what you can't there's going to be some things you have to sacrifice or as people like to say invest yeah. invest your time wisely or whatever but like yeah as you say like and we can't it- we can't turn around. I mean, if in ten years, you know, if we don't have an, if we don't have, if we don't have an athlete podium, podiuming, podiuming regularly in World Series in ten years, I would say it's a failure because yeah. there's no reason we shouldn't. I mean, yeah. ten years, you take a kid that's ten years old that's okay in either the, the three of them, and you've developed them, and there's like there's just there's no reason for it not to happen. Yeah. If it doesn't happen, then it's not been done correctly. And um, the kids that want to do the best, again, I think this is one of the biggest issues. The kids that do want to be the best, and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be the best. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably more healthy not wanting to be the best, like in yeah. terms of mental health. And it's it, like, it's not, I yeah. don't think it's necessarily the healthiest thing to be in elite sport. Yeah. But for the kids that do want to be the best, they have to be given the opportunity and they have to guess. I would argue more uh, more attention than the others because mm. that's that's probably a thing that's 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 uh, undervalued is the character of the uh, individual, especially at that age, because you don't know how somebody's going to develop. Yeah, you know. But the people that are there's a lot of ki- there is some kids around the country. I would to to name one, Chloe Bennett. If she's watching, I mean, there's there's kids like that that you can see driving them yeah and you just want to like be like you got it you don't need to worry about it just, yeah just enjoy just it and follow continue your training and yeah exactly just enjoy keep doing what you're doing and try and not fall off the path um yeah and yeah, again as mindset I said, there's, yeah sorry go ahead no there's no right way like do you know what i mean it's yeah. just facilitation yeah just touching on like what you were saying about when you were coming through that system of it being a small kind of cohort of driven athletes and you were pushing each other and going away and coming back to camps and trying to see who got better and who could win and stuff. I heard on um like the Norwegian the current Norwegian setup, which obviously we all know about Gustav Eden, Gavin yeah. Felt, Casper Stornis, and then they have a lot of gears coming through as well. But yeah, like they were saying a few years ago. It was maybe 10 years ago they had like one of the dads whose son's done yeah. triathlon started up this yeah. training day identification day and they came from a few different sports but got them on the triathlon from a young age so mm-hmm. they like pushed them and it was small group 
and like yeah i think nearly all of them that are in that squad now nearly were at that first training day and it's yeah. a small sport but obviously they might have the same the same situation Ireland's done in a few years with increased participation and stuff and how they manage that'll be interesting but do we need to come back to that like as you say that attention and focus on the ones that do really want to do well i'm not trying to make everyone trying to make like as you said that's the reality check of not everyone is going to make it so really focus on the ones that that want to yeah, make the ones, it's 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 a balance i mean like i think like the whole the, you know it, a lot of what in our sport anyways is being politically driven you know participation um diversity you know that's been that's been the emphasis in the past few years and it has seriously good um uh, implications yeah but as a result there's been a lack i mean just look at the guys for instance like the case like the girls are actually in a, in a better position so you've got erin o'connell uh ella Doherty, uh maeve gallagher mm-hmm. um i'm, I'm probably there's i'm lacking a few there's five or six of them that are very good athletes and they'll probably go on to be our best elite women you don't have that in the, the men yeah. and that's there's there's a part of that that's because there was a push on girls in sport now is that fair i don't think that's fair i mean there's why why should there be more girls now than there was boys because there was emphasis push push so like there's a bit of a backlash of that that's what's happening um so there needs to be there needs to be there needs to be emphasis put on both participation and the elites and a clear development pathway put out, and the kids and the and the adults of or the, the parents of the children need to know what it is. There needs to be needs to be clear, transparent. That's I mean, that is one of the biggest issues. Even at TR watching, that's I mean, transparency and a clear development pathway needs to be set out. Yeah. Um, and then at least you're we're doing the best that we can to enable kids to come through. Yeah. Um. And I think that's where the money should go as well. Like, I mean, even looking at myself, yeah, I probably have another five or six years. Russell, probably the same. Um, James, there's a couple of us now, but again, it's the same batch of athletes, you know. Yeah. There's a gap then. There's nobody. Yeah, there's um, no, there's no new sort of eighteen, nineteen that are really knocking on the door of like overseas, like European or international no. elite. No, and that's where the money should go because otherwise, there's like there's just not going to be anybody. There would, literally won't be anybody. Would you agree, Con, that like the the athletes are there and there definitely there's talent around that age group if they were just nurtured right even absolutely. over the next few years? Because there is some some good, oh, absolutely talented absolutely. athletes that age. Just they just need As the I right said, advice and the right. They need the right direction. advice, and you need we we need to create the culture. Like we need to create a culture and an environment to allow them to flourish, and. I mean, again, like as soon as you do that, if we do that, I there's no reason why we wouldn't have yeah. a world level, a world series podiuming athlete in both the male and the females. Um, if I wasn't doing the sport, I would be a hundred percent committing my time to this. But like, as a student athlete, like you just don't like. There's not there's nothing like I feel so passionate about, it, especially kids in sport. Yeah, because I would have gone through everything. That, that that it takes and watch the reality of it um i wish i could do more about it myself 
but I just at the moment I can't. Um, but that's what that's what that's what I I think needs to be done. Yeah, um, I think in a few years you can I'll send you this clip and you can apply it for your uh, application to a new job and travel in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'd be, you'd be the right man for it. But um, you touched on there about when you were younger training like mad, and I think a bit of a, the mad Irishman on there but I think I'm, I'm right in saying one time might have been Athlone you came on the T2 and you had no you couldn't find your run shoes oh no that was Dublin DCC Dublin. and you yeah. ran that was actually that. that was for that was that was for a junior title I think a national you, title you, you ran the the run with ran the shoes on, bare feet yeah yeah so I and came in now I think I think it was my own fault in hindsight. But I came in and I went I think I went to the wrong rack and I couldn't find my shoes and I was contrary. I was saying like I've lost my shoes. And I, I was it was draft, it was non-draft. So I think I had a gap coming in off the bike and I was sort of afraid if I waited any longer. I think I could just hear the guys come in and just spend maybe 30, 40 seconds looking for the shoes. And I just said just go for just run barefoot you'll be fine <laughs> i mean you have enough of a gaff go for it and i remember there was a bit of it was on grass anyways so i knew yeah. i just needed to get through the first two kilometers which are on road and then it wouldn't be so bad um and i think i'd done a lot of barefoot running anyways like i would do that a lot in training so i yeah. just there was no reason not to i got disqualified you got disqualified i was going to say i wasn't very happy about it and I wasn't very happy with the guy that disqualified me. Who won't name names. I wouldn't say but, so. Yeah, but it was um, yeah, it was a good story. <laughs> Definitely. Like, and what, what was the feet like the next day? Bad. We were okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was funny because it happened again there in the Super League. Well, I was going to say you'd done it before. It was cool in Super League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that happened was, in Super League again, did it? So we went. Last year I did the uh, we did or sorry the year before last there was no Super League last year. Um, they got invited to do the Malta and or uh, New Jersey New Jersey. What's the island Jersey, of Britain? Jersey, Jersey, yeah. And um, Jersey and Malta and in Jersey I got into the final and I knew that my <laughs> I was kind of. I had very little chance of getting through the first round, like yeah. so. I knew I had to go without. It was it was weird because it wasn't going to be a swim bike run. It was swim run, uh, swim run swim or something like that, yeah. because it was just the weather was too bad. Yeah. And I had said from the get go, "There's, I'm not touching my shoes. <laughs> I need to get as far as I can into this race." And that was funny because. I ran straight through transition and Johnny Brownie didn't realize that I did it and that's he got right. he got eliminated. <laughs> I remember that. That's right. And it was, it was yeah. funny. I mean, obviously they were all better, they were all better athletes. Like, but, I mean, you just play to your strengths and you'd be smart about it. That's and it. Um, yeah. And now, did you see Christian Blumenfeld did in the same race? Uh, he just done the whole thing anyway. <laughs> His feet. I mean. His feet were it's oh yeah, and I think that Leo Berger maybe one of the more recent ones maybe in 
somewhere else. Before but he's that. like he ripped the streets to shreds too, didn't they? So yeah, uh, I think it's better better with the shoes on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Unless you're really desperate. Uh, unless yeah. unless it's the knock Johnny Brownlee out of the the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. You may as well. But what what? How do you find the Super League racing? Is it do you enjoy? That I love side? it. Look good. Love it. It's it's very different. Like it's not, you know, even in like in sprint triathlon and Olympic distance triathlon, like we call it sprints. I mean, we're still racing for an hour and two yeah. hours, you know, it's, it's both endurance events. Yeah. But in, in, in super league, it's so it's similar to sort of cyclocross or mountain bike in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, you're going, you're, you're constantly changing. It's, it's a lot more aerobics and I would say skill based. Like there's a lot more, like bike handling involved, tactic involved. It's more entertaining, I think. Um, I prefer it. I I'd love to I would love to do more of it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what's gonna happen in the future and I don't know I'm I think I I could be wrong, but I think ITU want to incorporate more of it, um, even in their own race and they want to find a way to to bridge the gap from yeah. what I from what I hear, just because as well it's more spectator friendly. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like as a fan of triathlon, like I enjoy watching, you enjoy watching sprints and Olympics and even half Ironman. You can watch it when you know what's going on and stuff. But for people that might just flick it on or see it, that's definitely a lot more entertaining. The diving back yeah. in and the, the constant tactics and the short shoots and all the different time, all the different tactics, handicaps and stuff. So it's definitely a lot more interesting to watch. But how does that work in terms of you? qualifying or just get a wild card sort of thing what way does that work yeah i just got so they i think they they'd like to have representation from mm-hmm. other countries like yeah a few countries and um i just got the work i had a good i had some good races on the european series and they invited me over and i said um, there's no way that i'm not going to do it yeah. so I might as well take off the offer so um I again I'd like I mean if they're watching I hope they invite me back because uh, su- they're Super League if anyone from Super League watching get called yeah, yeah. back on and what, what about yeah, the indoor yeah. stuff would that interest you can know that's coming up in a few weeks in London yeah arena yeah yeah um I haven't heard from them so I doubt it that I'm <laughs> like the guys that I've seen doing the 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 indoor stuff are like I mean usually there's around 30 people at the um the normal one yeah, I think there's maybe ten or twelve in the in the the ones they've been doing indoors, and they're the, they're really the cream of the cream. Yeah, I'd love to do it. I mean, like any opportunity to race, um, and Zwift. I think Zwift has offered a lot of value in the past year. Um, even yeah. for myself, I do probably now at the moment, especially with college. Um, most of my riding is done on Zwift, so yeah um yeah. if i was given the opportunity i'd love to do it yeah because mm. definitely it's like ticking off the esports yeah like what people like in the height of lockdown you're like watching you're it's watching still entertaining these, i still, think you watch these swift races and the wee characters going around but it's it's definitely still entertaining like yeah yeah it's definitely breeding something i mean if they could get the it's it's probably it's going to get better and better i mean in terms of um like graphics and yeah maybe integration um especially with the like all the developments in ar and vr and that but um 
yeah just even as a training tool like being able to yeah. motivate it's so much easier to just get up on the trainer and be like okay i'm going to do a race yeah. rather than oh i have to sit down and i have to do 10 by a minute max and like i think with that distraction is yeah it's more fun definitely yeah um for myself yeah and you have the interaction of like people be on discord and stuff you can talk like beyond yeah right now meet up the other side of the world and stuff like that now yeah the times we're in that's that's a big big positive it's huge yeah and would you use it yourself much i've never i've never raced in swift or anything my mom and dad do um they're big Zwifters, so but no, nah, I just unfortunately I just have a um, a standard old old school turbo. Oh nice! <laughs> but, uh, no power meter. A power meter on the bike, so but okay. Um, I suppose I could jump on it, but uh, I'll see, see. I, w- I would like I it, but it. I've never just got round it yet. Try to watch them. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So like. ITU racing is is that your main focus at the moment? Is that yeah, yeah, accumulating so, points in the ITU system and Olympic point system? Is that what your goal is at yeah. the moment? Yeah, so um, I don't. I mean, I got into the sport originally, as I said, to do. It was it was Ironman that I was inspired by, but mm-hmm. I don't really have. I mean, this the shorter stuff, the shorter the better. The, the shorter. I, yeah, I, I enjoy racing short, sharp, short, sharp stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably stay in as long, as long as I can. I don't know if I'll go into Ironman even ever. Maybe, like I'll, I'll obviously try do, I'll try maybe the halves. I think they're a bit more competitive. There's a bit more tactics mm-hmm. involved, a bit more intensity. Don't, right now I don't have any inkling to even go towards Ironman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely on the bucket list, but I'm, I, um, I really enjoy the, I really enjoy the dynamic of the IT race and the Super yeah. League stuff. So, yeah, right now it's 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 about ranking. It's about keeping your ranking up, getting into races. Um, really, realistically, the Olympics we've only got so Russell White is in the best position to qualify the country, the spot. So, mm-hmm. I'm really just keeping in shape, trying to balance training and cottage and um if if for whatever reason he can't go um then i guess i have to be ready to yeah take the spot yeah so and just could you explain this how like that works and is there a f- the federation so do draft in ireland set set like specific targets that you have to meet to qualify and then obviously the olympics the olympic committee they have certain rankings you have to meet or how does that go well so there's like there's inter so the biggest thing is the international qualification like we're in the position where we're just trying to qualify a spot yeah. never mind yeah. being competitive so um the the i or the itu have uh, uh qualification criteria set out and i mean there's there's a few ways to get a spot there, but um, once you've got the spot, then the country gets the spot, and then and it's then the country really, can decide who sent, which athlete goes. So they can decide, provided the con. So the so when the federation gets the spot, mm-hmm. 
um, unless the athletes, in Ireland's case, I think it's top eight of the World Series. If you get a top eight of the World Series and you qualify the spot, you get the spot. Right. So that's like a, a, a guarantee. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's a few um, criteria we have to say, if you get this result, then you get the spot. Mm-hmm. If there's a spot qualified. Other than that, it's discretion. But anybody who's eligible... <clears throat> to be picked from the discretion still has to meet a certain criteria by the ITU. So <clears throat> I think it's a top 140 on the Olympic list. Um, and I think it's only myself and Russell that are in the top 140 at the moment. So there's only two of us eligible and he's really, he's, he's qualifying the spot. And I mean, provided he's fit and healthy and he's good yeah. to race, he's, he's going to be the guy that at the start line. So, and, and is that, have you any idea of when the next racing will be, or how does how does Russell go about securing that spot for Ireland? So, so when we were over in uh, Florida last year, when everything when the outbreak happened, mm-hmm. and they shut down, so the qualification criteria for for triathlon is a two year process, and it's your best twelve races. Uh, over that period and um, when we got to that date they shut everything down <clears throat> from whatever it was I think it was in some date some date in February and they said once we get back around to February this year we'll open the criteria again mm-hmm. <clears throat> now it's obviously gone on longer than they expected so the criteria May I think May 11th was the cutoff date so whatever whoever was ranked and qualified the spots that was the decision um but now there's a gap where there's no races mm-hmm. uh itu have decided i think it's not until the beginning of may that there's going to be races rerun and from my understanding they haven't they haven't yet addressed the fact that there's um going to be a lack of races that are accounted for mm-hmm. so i think they're still they're still waiting to make a decision on that and coming up with um criteria yeah. um so there's a lot of it that's uncertain from from my understanding um myself i mean i just i'm i'm sort of secure in that 140 <clears throat> the 4140 range but russell he's just i mean as soon as racing opens i, I think russell's going to be racing yeah. off the bat even just to get freshened up and mm-hmm. um but i don't think that's going to happen as they said it's not going to happen till may in the earliest so um that's the situation as it is so it's it's like unnerving times like you want to stressful i suppose and more so in russell's position maybe that he just wants to wants to know sort of wants to get about a yeah, I would imagine it's like I think so. Russell's, I, I think he's still over in Portugal training. Um, we went over in February for two weeks of training, and he's been he's just based himself out there. Yeah, um, he's got a pretty good mindset, he's a pretty good guy, and he. I think he's sort of just he does he he's accepted he doesn't know but it's I think he finds it a bit easier the fact that everybody doesn't know yeah you know yeah. nobody's nobody's got any certainty so um yeah. 
he's just in, he's yeah i think the best you can do in this situation is enjoy it and what if, if something comes around you have to be ready to ready to go for it so that's yeah. that's how he's he's approaching it and is paris 2024 on your radar is that something you're looking ahead yeah definitely that's yeah. i would so. i would say um yeah definitely definitely um I'd like to be at the Olympics on these fronts. <laughs> good, so, good stuff. Yeah. So as we touched on about earlier, you done a lockdown challenge. Yeah. Last year with your two brothers. So was it Ethan's the youngest? Is it? he? He swam. Yeah. Yeah. In a pool, a paddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, on, there's so many figures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron, he rode in Zwift. He biked. Yeah, and you ran on a treadmill, all in your yeah, all in your yeah. backyard. And yes, what was your goal? And that like um, well, time-wise, I mean, it was it was sort of we didn't have we like, we only we did it because we're kind of you know we had too much time on our hands, and we realized I'd say like mental health is there was something like mental health was coming up any, everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and mental health even for myself I thought was quite as important and something that was going to be seriously important in the times and we're seeing that now with the rises in suicide and depression and stuff so we thought why not do something and just try and raise a bit of money and then the whole thing was we were just going to do an Ironman anyways just in the back garden and just say um do you want to try and yeah let's yeah just if you want to donate donate and then we said is there any way we could get more people to sort of Donate, and then we just said, well, what's, the, what's the world record for the Ironman? And we looked it up, and then we realized his swim, Jan's swim, was <laughs> I don't know if it was down a river, but like <laughs> poor Ethan was sort of at the back. But, um, but yeah, we realized, okay, this is what we need to do for the would it be possible to do it virtually? And um, we were like, it'd be hit and miss. And it was a good challenge because it kind of motivated us to yeah. keep training. We had like there was no races coming up. It was a good, it was a good training goal. Um, and I think we were two minutes off. I think we're sorry. We were, we we were virtually we broke it by two minutes. Yeah, yeah. he's done seven thirty three. Twelve yeah. seconds. Yeah, yeah. And you ran. What did you run on the treadmill? I think it was 217. That's quick. Is that your first ever time doing that distance? Or did you have an idea that you would do it? Or I did I did that distance, but not at that. I mean, not like not that effort. I'd never done anything that effort. Yeah. I didn't think I, I was able to do like the, the treadmill. Um I'd done one run when I was 17, which was there was a Red Bull event called the Wings for Life. Yeah, and I was a Red Bull athlete at the time, and they invited me down, and um, I was just supposed to do the first ten kilometers, and I took off, and my my sort of my agent in Red Bull, or he 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 must have come. I think he came up in the car and he was like, "Just keep going," and I was like, "Okay, right," and. I mean, for some of the 17, I wouldn't advise running. Never mind running. It was, I think we got 48 kilometers. I got to like, even if it was on soft surface, never mind on the road, like yeah. when your legs are 
not even fully developed. And uh, that was the last time I did anything like that distance. I'd never run it close to that. And then, um, so I didn't think I'd make it. And it was only then I did, I think I did a training run a week before the, <clears throat> a week before the challenge. Um, I think I did 30K at the same pace on the treadmill to see if I could get there or maybe it was slightly sore. And I got to 30K and I was like, okay, I think maybe, maybe it's possible to, 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 to do the pace. I think it was 18 kilometers an hour I said I had to, had to hold. And and what's that in like minutes per K or miles? Minutes, um, miles, do you know? Uh, 18 quite, K an hour. 18 K is like 320 pace, something like that, is it? Yeah, something like that. It's quite, it's quite <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And it was like Ethan, so Ethan did this from the pool and the poor guy, like the pool was freezing. And Ethan is like Ethan has. I'd say Ethan has probably five percent body fat. Like he's super. He's so skinny. Whatever his metabolism is, it's like he's just skin. He's skin, bones, and muscle. And um, he did the swim, and we were I think fifteen minutes or maybe twenty minutes off. Basically, we had to kind of come up with his yeah. effort and what what like his stroke rate and stuff. Yeah. And um, then Aaron did the bike in uh, he averaged what for 200 and i think 280 watts or something for four hours four hours, four hours and 10 minutes That's sick. Uh, on a turbo trainer <laughs> and <laughs> and then you know i i had tummy problems that morning and there was our neighbors came around so like they like we were in the height of covid but yeah. There was sort of the space was big enough that they could come around and kind of watch. And we'd obviously done it live, and I was like, I'm not able to do this. <laughs> so I got off, and Aaron had already put himself through hell for four hours, and I could just imagine what he had to go through. And I was like, Oh, I can't, I have to do this. Like, so I got up on the treadmill, and um, I'd never been in such agony. Like other than actually when I was telling you when I was a kid trading like that, that yeah. was I think the hardest I'd pushed myself in so many years. And it was it was funny just because you had that sort of pressure of you're doing this for something more important than you know what's typically just your own yeah. achievement. Um that really helps us. God, like I think I got off the treadmill to go to the toilet. And the the clock was still running, but I got I had to get off the treadmill to, to go to the toilet. I think two or three times, and then you had to make up the pace. So yeah. the set out pace was 18 kilometers an hour. I had to up it to 18 and a half. Just to and catch back up and then. Just to catch back up. And it was, oh, it was fucking agony. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. think you probably should go to Ironman uh, 217 off the of bike and pull that should, um, should put you up there. <laughs> if I could just run, I don't think I, the bike, oof, I don't know if I get through the bike, yeah. 180 kilometers. Yeah, and you you've done that for pay the house, which is a, we did that for pay the house, yeah. And we raised, I think we raised um, just over ten grand. That's amazing. So and they're they're a mental two, health and suicide awareness yeah. charity, and yeah, with an Ireland, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. So stuff. so it's for a good cause, all the all the pain and yeah, suffering. yeah. <laughs> but it was look, it was so rewarding. I mean, usually when you finish a race, it's sort of a yeah, there's, I mean, there's elation to, you know, for a few minutes, but then there was a real, there was, <clears throat> there's a real sort of pride and a joy of doing something like that. 
Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money raised and a lot of awareness raised. Like, I'm not sure I heard of the charity before you've done that. So, like, you're heightening awareness all around and raising yeah, awareness at the same time. It's good. Yeah. Um, so, you, you were saying, Con, you're in University of Limerick. Are you still studying or are you just full time training there? Or, yeah, I'm still studying, so I would have <clears throat> sort of broke up my... I went to study originally in UCD, and I, I dropped out. I didn't enjoy what I was doing, and then took up... I did a year just full-time sport, and then I came back, and I figured out in that year what I I sort of had an, an interest in, and um, the, the high-performance... There was a high-performance unit set up in Limerick at the time, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, my mates were down there, and... I decided, yeah, everything's in place, go down there. And uh, it should have taken four years, but I broke up one of the years last year because I thought the Olympics was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I broke that up into two years, and now it's gotten to the point where I'm just like, I just want to get it done and over with. So yeah. I did this full year inst- instead of trying to break that up as well. And what are you studying there? Uh, product design. Cool. And so, is that... Is that something you would like to do in the future? Is that a, a, like a, a passion? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, like I would have, <clears throat> um, even going back to say when I was like the thing with sport, everything's been really a process of elimination. Mm-hmm. I think you're very, very lucky to find something like that you love by just, you know, by saying, yeah. "This is what I want to do." You go do it, and that that's the thing that you it was for me anyways it was it's always been a process of elimination and um yeah i've by process of elimination found out that this is something something similar to this if not this that i want to do even at the moment my fyp some like my final year project in colleges um it's a running shoe so there's a lot you mean there's a lot of there's a lot of areas where you can go in um as a career path you know um yeah, and I'd yeah, be so, super passionate. So, what, so have you, is shoes something you're like interested in? What about yeah? What, what are you thinking about all the the latest? I think every company's bringing out a new carbon plate. What's your? I think they're. That? I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. It's. I hope it's not compared to like the the runners of the past. Do you know what I mean? That would be the only thing. It's like yeah. even Nike came out and they've discontinued the the Viperfly. I think it's the Viperfly mm-hmm. there a couple of weeks ago because they don't want to affect Bolt's legacy. Um, Chip, the guy, he broke the two world records last year and he was wearing their new spike. Um, so, I mean, so long as it's yeah, you're not. I mean, I it. I think it's pretty cool to see how innovation drives uh, performance and yeah. what what can we do when we marry the two together. But there definitely has to be limits to that because yeah. it's not fair on the previous record holders. And it's it's also at the end of the day, you're still getting the same results. You know, mm-hmm. you're still going to get the same guy that's going to win. Yeah, the race. Bit quicker You're just, overall. Everybody's just a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, have you have you tried any of them personally? Like any of the I have I have a couple of pairs. <laughs> They're good. 
<laughs> they're very good. They're, they're good. really good. Um, like they make perfect sense. Like I mean, like the there's a few. I think I think we're going to see even more in the next couple of years. But there might be a a, a calf put on it. Um, but like simulating what your your anatomy does already is, you know, that's what I'm currently. I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing because I don't know. Yeah. I, won't, I won't get into that. But um, yeah, try shoe design. Um, I think there's a lot of even though it doesn't seem like it, I think there's a lot of uh area for improvement yeah. um even with say you know the barefoot movement yeah you know that was sort of dismissed but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh truth in what yeah what they were trying to get now the reality is like you have to run in concrete mm-hmm. um so a design solution that's that's offering that cushion and but allowing your foot to move um and then your biomechanics to improve um I think there's a lot of area for for companies to to develop in that 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 realm, but yeah, yeah I I think I think it's exciting as a product designer. I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm wondering, I have it here. Two seconds. Have you, ever, have you read this? Oh no, I must. I must read that. It's re- it's pretty good. If you're in the shoes, just a story. Like I never, you know, everyone knows Nike, but you don't know the man behind it. Like, but I read that book and it's. It's, it's a very successful book, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. It's, if there's a a red Nike tech on it, that's probably why it's I just bought it in the shop. I don't even not the name or not the for what the story is going to be. It's like oh, probably going to be good. So, but no, it's a really good book, especially if you're on the shoe design. And then okay, uh, the guy's story, Phil Knight's, is pretty good, interesting. So uh, definitely it's inspiring, I'd say, for yourself, like in that in that, that regard line of work so um but so back to where we training at university of limerick is that what's that look like on a day-to-day Who, who's there at the moment and who do you have a coach there or do you what, what would um you hopefully so <clears throat> um there's a girl there's a uh, lynn algar so she's involved in ti yeah wonderful lady she's she was sick there for a while and she's she's hoping to come back and to coach us um the last few months have been just because we haven't been able to get together anyways we're not being allowed and it's only really this semester that um the the high performance athletes are allowed into the pool it's been sort of individual training um i live with aaron as i said so we do some training together um we have the turbos here and i mean it's really the perfect setup just because it for it's for myself anyways you know you're trying to maximize uh your efficiency trying to get work done and then training and um yeah it's good um but for in the future hopefully yeah to be um get reset up um hopefully have the coach if it's not lynn somebody else yeah and in in september that there's a proper group yeah and you obviously yeah. have the there's a 50 meter pool there is there or yeah and the foot yeah, and like the foot like you've got a 50 meter pool and you've got a 400 meter track behind it so it's, it's perfect and you obviously your gym and yeah you're, you're looked after in that regard so that's good um there's a there's a video on youtube that of yourself as a wild mayo on it oh yeah 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 it's class. it's class and it's you're 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 narrating it aren't you it's like 
yeah. did you write the what you're saying or was that your work? Yeah, your yeah, I did. I, I, I must have felt poetic at the time. <laughs> if anyone, anyone listening, check it out. It's called Transitions. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing it when it came out at the time, but um, then last night I was just looking, looking at it again, prepping for this, but it's an amazing video of Ireland and like obviously myself as well train a lot around Donegal and it, it just gives you that sense of you see like these nice it captures little, it yeah that's it. it it captures what like what we're training in here because you see a lot like people in Dubai or like Arizona these like straight desert roads and obviously it's good for training but like you're swimming around these cliffs and running up Croke yeah. Cro- Cro- Patrick and stuff it's sort of it, it's huge like it shapes the athlete you are like the strength and the the versatility mm-hmm. but what, what's it been like for you in ireland do you enjoy it training here um i, I think what well, what you've just said is a good good point i think um when you train in this weather it definitely makes you mentally tough like mm-hmm. it makes you even with the norwegians i'd say they're in a similar situation of you develop a sort of resiliency to just getting things done yeah um there's there's the issue when you go abroad you're 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 not heat adapted yeah um but i think there's definitely benefits to just benefits to both but um yeah having having to live in in the west of ireland is tough and having to train the west of ireland is tough um i think even for kids that are training that they they're sort of told that they realize that um you know, when you're going out for a Sunday spin with a club, if you're a 15, 16 year old and you're doing whatever, 100 kilometers with a bunch of old lads and it's pouring down, like that's commendable. Like I know when I was training as down in Australia and like, I I mean, it'd be 20 20 plus degrees outside. If it were to drizzle, they wouldn't go out. And I mean, I was like, are you soft? Like, yeah. come on, this is ridiculous. I think I heard either Johnny or Alistair Brownlee, one of them said like when they're on a start line and it's like a bad day and it's wet and they just look, look either side and see like Gomez and Mullen, like ah, <laughs> they're, gone. they're too soft. <laughs> we're, we're too used yeah, to this. Yeah. So there's definitely that benefit. But as you say, on the flip side, you might be heated after, but there's many things you can do to to get that adaptation indoors or if you're training camps and stuff so it definitely and even in even in just the going back to say the world champs in auckland like that was a that was a cold wet day Mm. and that played in my favor because i mean most of the guys there were from hot countries yeah um and especially i think if you're a junior where you're probably you you know as you get a bit older i think you're 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 more capable of dealing with the elements anyways but yeah. um yeah there was definitely there's there's definitely benefits to it yeah yeah and like you said did you spend a bit of time training in australia what did you find that beneficial to the performance yeah i i really enjoyed it for one but it was it was the first time i trained with i suppose a professional group yeah, um, and realizing, I think maybe seeing seeing what 
seeing what you need to do every day uh, and sort of what a camp should look like and what 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 some you know because all you were exposed to was really what you had in Ireland, which is very good when we were when we were coming up through the junior ranks. But you were only getting those camps maybe you know once every couple of months because everybody lives in a different part of the country. So that was the first time where I was in a triathlon group. You know, mm. as you were in the past, you were going to cyclists, runners, swimmers. That was the first time you were with guys that were at the top level and they were doing training all the time together. Yeah, um, yeah there was definitely benefits to it. I don't think it's ne- I don't think it's completely necessary, but um, I think I learned a lot from it. Even 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 disregarding you know the physical development, um, it was a great experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I advise it. So thanks. And my income probably has taken up a lot of your time. No it's probably yeah. nearly bedtime training in the morning, I assume. But um just where where can people follow you if you want to let them know um any social media? You can follow me on yeah, uh follow me on Instagram. I don't really use Twitter and the yeah. I'm on Instagram, uh, con underscore Doherty. And um, yeah, it was a pleasure. Um, I, I, I'm i going to say it. I don't know if any of your, your, your fans now know I'm the first one that was on a podcast. <laughs> the first one, so, cool. so thanks to Con for coming on. And when it's, um, when it's a big podcast and everyone's looking to get on, I remember, I remember Con yeah. bringing back on. But um, so people can follow con there on instagram and keep up to date and hopefully we see him on a start line soon and um cheer for him cheer for the, the irish vest and that's it to see uh success this this year for you and in the future thank you very much Ray. thanks very much man. okay everybody show's over thank you for listening thank you to con for coming on the show if you like what you heard please subscribe and please leave a review. It would mean a lot. We have new episodes coming every week. We have a lot of great guests lined up. Can't wait to release the next few weeks for you. Um, Thanks again. Stay tuned. See you.